Here in the Beyond the Garden Basics newsletter and podcast, uh, one of our overriding principles is you grew it, now eat it. Did you ever face the situation where probably in midsummer or late summer, you're looking at your garden and there's all this produce waiting to get picked and you're thinking, oh, what am I going to do with all this? Well, your neighbors will only take so much. In the past, we've talked about food preservation how about some tasty recipes now? We're talking with a couple of master gardeners today. Master gardeners are not only good gardeners, a lot of them are excellent cooks. Some of them are professional cooks. Today, we talk with master gardeners Kathy Morrison and Andy McDonald about some tasty recipes that you can easily implement using the produce that just might be ripening in your backyard right now. Let's give a listen. Here in Northern California, here in the Sacramento area, we are blessed with a daily garden newsletter called Sacramento Digs Gardening. It's the work of two people, Debbie Arrington and my guest now, Kathy Morrison, Sacramento County Master Gardener, cook extraordinaire. And every Sunday in the Sacramento Digs Gardening newsletter, which, by the way, you can subscribe to for free. We'll have a link for that in the show notes. On Sundays, there's a recipe. And I always drool on Sundays because those recipes, Kathy, look so enticing. And you've been doing this daily garden newsletter, which is amazing. And by the way, there's a lot of information in there that's uh, applicable to gardeners throughout the country. It's not just Sacramento, but there's a lot of good information there for uh, gardeners uh, throughout uh, the country, even though all gardening is local. But all eating is not local. So we're going to delve into some of the recipes that Kathy has uh, compiled over the five years of doing a daily garden newsletter, which you have now put all those recipes into one nice little location, at least the first chapter of. Yes, that, we have the spring recipes. That's a, that's kicking off our first uh, e-cookbook. We're planning one for each season because, because we cook seasonally. We it's, it's spring right now. It's strawberry season. The asparagus is in the markets. Uh, green garlic is out. Oh, I love green garlic. Uh, Debbie and I, we alternate on weekends. We take turns uh, introducing a recipe that uses something from either our garden or the farmer's market or what farm stand somebody gave us, the next door neighbor's lemons, whatever. And we try to feature that in a recipe that is accessible, not too complicated, every every Sunday. And so we put together, it's about 65 recipes in this first cookbook available online. It's It's free. Some of our favorites, we do a lot of strawberry recipes. <laughs> the, uh, like a, uh, we have a no-baked strawberry cheesecake. It, Debbie has this gorgeous strawberry salad with uh, edible violets in it. It's just, that's our, that's our cover photo. Um, we have asparagus, an asparagus tart I love. We have a black rice salad that has been a big hit with the master gardeners, <laughs> I've heard. Uh, lots of lots of fun things. We it definitely produce uh, centric, and of course, being the uh, seasoned newspaper reporters that you two are, excellent pictures. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, I do I do a lot of I do all the photo editing, and um, I well I, I take my own pictures. Debbie takes her own, but but yes, thank yeah. you. We try to do that. By the way, we're talking with Kathy here on an open garden day at the Fair Oaks Horticulture Center, which would explain any background noise you might hear as we're standing here in the orchard area, which is adjacent to the herb area. By the way, just a, a quick plug for the Fair Oaks Horticulture Center. The first Saturday in August is Harvest Day, where it's open to all. It, this is a wonderful facility that is a very practical, hands-on garden. 
with vegetables, fruits, vines, ornamentals galore uh, here in Fair Oaks Park. And on Harvest Day, there are excellent speakers, all sorts of vendors and uh, informational tables. So make it a point if you're in the Northern California area on the first Saturday of August to hit the Fair Oaks Horticulture Center from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. All right. You mentioned uh, you love to use garlic greens. I've got lots of garlic greens right now. They're in season, but I'm fearing that if I start taking garlic greens, am I sacrificing the future of the bulb? Uh, Yes. Uh, But if you're thinning, if you've discovered that you need some more room for your garlic, it's a great time to pull that extra garlic out. You can take the whole plant, chop it up, use it just like garlic, or if you want, if you if you like garlic, use like scallions. I mean, it's it's an amazingly versatile uh, vegetable, which I only just discovered a couple of years ago. Somebody had some at a, at a farmer's market, and I thought, ooh, ooh, that's great. By the way, we haven't mentioned that your online e-cookbook is free. Yes, it is free, and it's just, just like our blog is free, which uh, the rest of the week is things about events, tips on what's going on, weather information, all the stuff that you need as a gardener and who wants to be involved in in the community. So, yes. All right. Well, you mentioned some of the strawberry recipes. Another uh, popular backyard crop right now that's coming in in our area of California is asparagus. Commercially, asparagus grown in the United States has really fallen out of favor. So many people can grow asparagus in their backyard. That may be the best local source for it. Uh, How about some asparagus recipes? Oh, asparagus. I, I grew up in Stockton, which is oh. the asparagus capital of the world, and it's, uh, there is a lot less grown there now. But Delta asparagus, if you can get your hands on it, it the farmer's market is probably the best place if you don't grow it yourself. Yes, the, this area is wonderful for asparagus. We have I have a salad, a cup, in fact, a couple of salads that use asparagus in it. I, there's a tart with the, that I mentioned earlier that has ricotta cheese and um, then you asparagus spears on top that makes a wonderful centerpiece for like a Sunday brunch. Um, we've served it at Easter. Um, some of the other ones are, we have, uh, there's a soup, I think, that uses a lot of different greens, including asparagus. Um, of course, I'm, now I'm forgetting some of the things that are in there, but there, we have, that's definitely, after strawberries, we're definitely big on asparagus. Oh, uh, asparagus, baked asparagus a la Sacramento. Debbie found this old, old recipe. This is a great story. She found this old, old recipe in among her family treasures and um it was apparently cut out from sunset magazine woman from the sacramento area touted this recipe and it's it's asparagus it's a very old-fashioned recipe it's asparagus baked under a creamy sauce with some cheese on top so it's it's a little heavier than we tend to eat now but it's very fun it's very fun and quite good people of a certain age and older than me which is hard to believe but that generation loved to boil asparagus as a method for cooking and a lot of us grew up with limp asparagus it it shouldn't be served limp no it shouldn't be my very very favorite way is to grill it absolutely a little olive oil maybe some some pepper on there you can put some lemon on it after it cooks but i i grilling is just like the best way and then if you can't get to a grill the roasting in the oven is also wonderful oh good i love to throw stuff on the barbecue so it wouldn't take much what two no, three minutes a couple minutes each especially i mean i like the fat ones but if you like the skinny ones it would it would just they would cook in an instant right the the fat ones by the way are the from the younger plants did you know that <laughs> so being an, an experienced asparagus griller how do you keep them from falling through the grill put them across 
don't don't line it up with the grill. Put them across the grill. We did. I was showing my daughter how to do that the other day. In fact, so you don't use a perforated grill pan on top. No, no. I just use the regular grill, but I I, I line them up uh, crossways. You know, and be careful flipping them. Oh yeah, yeah. I use tongs. I yeah. just t- gently turn them and and then don't walk away from it. Right, because you'll overcook them and pre-oil the grill. Yes, if that's what you do with your grill, or yeah. you could pre-oil the asparagus as well. Right. <laughs> so asparagus uh, coming in right now. Uh, strawberries uh, are going to hit pretty soon. You know, and another dish that is going to hit the market soon, and from what I understand from the growers, it, it may be a thin year, but still, cherries. Oh, cherries. I, I dearly love cherries. And if you know, the cherry recipes that we've run, a couple of them, even admit, I admit that I've jumped on, you know, I've gone out early and got the Brooks cherries, the early cherries. We have a, a couple of baked cherries recipes but my favorite actually is the cherry salsa that we have yeah it's really wonderful and then it's not cooked it's bright bright red and that's in the spring edition of the cookbook that is in the spring edition of the cookbook i think i think it's the first recipe listed in fact cherry salsa cherry salsa it's wonderful yeah i serve that with some blue tortilla chips and you've really got a party you have any hints for pitting cherries Oh, I have a little cherry pitter. It's like a little plunger thing, and it's it's tedious, and your hand your hands turn red, but it's fun. Yes. <laughs> it's worth it. All right, check it out. Uh, tell us about the website. Tell us about where to find Sacramento oh. Digs Gardening. Sacramento Digs Gardening is now hosted at CaliforniaLocal.com. If you go to California Local, it's this is a, a, a network of, of sites that's growing, and mostly Santa Cruz County, Sacramento County, and a couple of others right now. We're hosted on the Sacramento County area, and but there's links there. You can find us really easy, or you can just go to uh, look for Sacramento Digs Gardening or Sac Digs Gardening. Actually, is what is how we go on the on the the web. And um, you can sign up, uh, subscribe to our newsletter, which comes out every afternoon about 4 o'clock. It contains the, the that day's blog post. You know, join join in. <laughs> Sack Digs Gardening, by the way, that's spelled S-A-C. S-A-C, digsgardening.com. You can go there and find the work of Kathy Morrison and Debbie Arrington. They've been doing this every day for five years. It's a free newsletter, and there are no ads. God bless you. <laughs> Thank you, Fred. Thank you. <laughs> I hope everybody checks it out. And we'll have, an, we'll have a summer cookbook also coming in a couple months. I have become enamored of lentils. What's a lentil? What can you do with it? It's one of the healthiest foods you can eat. Growing it, well, that might be a different story. We're talking with Andy McDonald, and Andy is a Sacramento County Master Gardener, a chef extraordinaire, and she's here at a work day at the Fair Oaks Horticulture Center, and she's brought along with her several crockpots of Moroccan lentil soup. That sounds so good. It smells delicious. Andy, sing the praises of lentils, will you please? Well, sure. Lentils are they're very high in protein. They're high in fiber. They are um, low in fat. Uh, they're fairly low in calories. They are a type of legume, which means they're related to peas and beans. We don't really grow them because we would need a lot of them for our soup. And uh, in our climate, you would have to grow them in the cool season as well, which is why I think lentils are a staple from Canada mainly. Yes, they are. 45% of the world's uh, lentil supplies are grown in Canada. So in the grocery store, where would you find lentils? Uh, They'll be with the beans and the split peas. 
they come in different colors. Yes, they do. And and different lentils are cooked in different ways. There's a pale pink lentil that uh, turns to mush almost immediately. They're good for soups, for thickeners. Uh, green lentils are the most popular lentils, easiest to cook, and you do not need to soak them before you cook them. And then there is a type of lentil called a horse gram. A horse lentil, and that is the highest in protein, and it takes forever to cook them till they're soft. Do you have to soak them overnight first? You could do that, or cook them in a uh, like uh, pressure cook them. But even so, they're they're going to hold their their shape and texture. But they're the highest in protein. In fact, one of the highest of the legumes in protein is a horse lentil. Now, in this recipe that you have for us, the Moroccan lentil soup, you're using uh, red lentils. Yes, which is the common lentil. It's, it's the, the, the most common of the lentils, and it's, they're pretty cheap to buy. I won't say they look unappetizing, but especially brown lentils just have sort of the consistency in a, a dish of, of mm. mush. Yeah, they're not beautiful, but you could always garnish it with something great. That's the way I like, yes. <laughs> Let's put some lipstick on it. There you go. That'll work. What, what is the lipstick you have in this recipe? Because I'm serving a, a lot of people today, uh, we're just ser- serving up soup. But if I were going to have this for a dinner, I would probably sprinkle it with something like uh, diced parsley or perhaps chives, something to green it up and make it look pretty. Do you grow parsley in your yard? I do. It's a biennial. It's good for two years. And then I, I just try to keep some going all the time. Yeah, what's nice is it, it, it survives the winters here in Northern California and then seems to thrive after the first year. Is there a downside to it in its second year other than the fact it flowers, but do the leaves turn bitter? I don't think so. People will argue that, but if you blindfolded them and fed them chopped up parsley from different eras, I don't think they could tell. When you grow parsley from seed, it, that's a long process. I don't do that. Well, I do, and I'm telling you, it takes a long time. <laughs> I just buy the sets and they grow. Okay, that's the easy way out. All right, so in this recipe, you've got things that you can find in a garden right now. You've got uh, carrots, you've got onions, bay leaves. If you have a bay plant, I would recommend everybody have a bay plant. Oh, yeah. I just I just ran out to... I, I have one in a pot on my front porch, and I just ran out and clip what I need. You also have saffron in here. Are you growing saffron? (laughs) I am not. I am not. And with saffron, it's the most expensive spice there is, but you just need a tiny amount. So if you ever find a good deal on saffron, you buy it. That's like the stamens of uh, some flower. Like a crocus. Yeah. And it takes like a billion of them to equal a pound or yeah, we don't grow them ourselves. All right. So when you're buying saffron, I would probably recommend buying it in the smallest bottle you can find just because it can't last forever. Well, that and you need a like a signature loan to uh, buy it any bigger than that. Yeah. You want to buy it small and you don't want to get powdered because that could be a cut with turmeric, which is okay. Yeah. I mean, turmeric's okay, but not if you're buying saffron. You need to buy it in the threads. It's little. There'll be little tiny threads and oftentimes the threads will be in a larger jar, but the threads will be in tiny little plastic containers. You also have cardamom in it. What is cardamom? Cardamom is a pod. It comes from a pod. It's very exotic. It's very earthy and pungent. You just need a small amount of that. It's a thug spice in that if you use too much of it, it's going to wreck the dish. But if you use a small amount so that no one can really tell it's in the background, it's wonderful. 
Can you cut a dish with some other spice in order to um, negate the effects of too much cardamom? If you put in too much cardamom, it's kind of like if you put too much salt in, just throw it out and start over. (laughs) All right. Now, this is a vegetarian dish, I would assume, and that's why you're, uh, uh, it's actually a vegan dish. It's a vegan dish. It's vegan. It's gluten-free. That's another thing. Lentils are gluten-free. All right. Describe the soup for us. Okay. It's a simple, hearty, and inexpensive soup, except for the saffron, but you, again, you just need a tiny amount. It's creamy. It's thick. It's it has the Moroccan spice flavors in it, which is uh, turmeric, cumin, cinnamon, cardamom, and saffron. It's an exotic soup, and yet inexpensive. All right. Uh, go into some uh, details about how to uh, make this soup. Oh, this is this couldn't be easier. I put all the ingredients into a pot, cook it for an hour and a half to two hours if it's stovetop, or I just put it in my uh, in, in an instant pot and it's done in thirty minutes. And then I stir in a little bit of I use a little bit of coconut milk for creaminess. It does not add a coconut flavor, but you could leave that out entirely, or you could use some other some other milk if you wanted, or a cream if you don't mind the actual dairy. And then I, I finish it off with a spoon, a tablespoon of either pomegranate molasses or balsamic vinegar, depending on what I have. And I add a little bit of rose water to it. Now, is rose water something you can make? Probably, but I just buy it. I just buy it. It's water that's been, it's infused with roses. It's kind of musky, and, and you want just a hint of this. Again, you don't want it to taste like roses. You just want that little hint in the background. And I add that at the last moment. The ingredients uh, for the Moroccan lentil soup include, of course, lentils, onions, carrots, garlic, cloves, crushed tomatoes, bay leaves, uh, turmeric, or is it turmeric? I call it turmeric, but... <laughs> That's me. What is that? It's a okay. It's like a root. It's act, It's an actual root. It's a very uh, bright yellowy, mustardy color. You can buy it fresh in some stores. People consider it a superfood. I don't know how super it actually is, but it's given credit for that nowadays. I buy it as a powder. It's used in a lot of Indian foods, a lot of Northern African foods, a lot of Middle Eastern foods. So I'm thinking that turmeric is a crop that's probably best grown in warmer human climates. Probably, but, you know, I think it would be like ginger. You could probably grow it. All right. You've got cumin, you've got cinnamon, black pepper, the cardamom, the saffron threads, uh, vegetable stock, coconut milk. Where do I go in the grocery store for pomegranate molasses? Well, okay, you can... A well-stocked grocery store in an area that they think that a lot of people there are foodies Mm -hmm. will stock it. Or you can go to a Middle Eastern market. You can also order it online. It's very thick. It's very tart because it's basically boiled down uh, pomegranate juice. Is there a substitute for it? I use balsamic vinegar. You can get that anywhere. You have that in the recipe as well. Yeah. And, of course, the always famous recipe ingredient, salt to taste. Oh, yeah. Salt and, yeah, and black pepper. Freshly ground black pepper to taste. All right. Uh, So the instructions basically are place all ingredients except the coconut milk, rose water, and salt into a large, heavy-bottomed saucepan. Bring to a boil. Lower the heat. Simmer one and a half to two hours until the lentils are very soft. That's a key, isn't it? Because 
because lentils yes. need aging, if you will. Yeah, it, I, especially for a soup, you you don't want crunchy lentils. It's like you don't want crunchy split peas. Yet it, they need to be soft and mushy and starting to fall apart, and they thicken that way. It's a natural thickener, like a puree. So, what's the quickest way to do that with lentils? Just cook them. <laughs> well, oh, a quick way yeah. use use a uh, an instant pot or a um, pressure cooker. All right. Can you soak them overnight? You could do that, but you don't need to. It's not going to save you that much time. I, too, have been the victim of crunchy lentils. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that's, yeah, no, put them back on the stove. Well, I'm thinking that they're in the refrigerator. We have plenty of leftovers, and maybe they'll be softer in a week. Uh, yeah, peas porridge hot? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> All right. The recipe, you're going to find a link to it in today's show notes. And that link is going to take you to the Beyond the Garden Basics newsletter. I hope you can subscribe to it. It's free. We'll have Andy's recipe for Moroccan lentil soup there in its entirety. And it, it, it just smells delicious. It's something that's wonderful on a cool day. I hope so. <laughs> And nutritious, too. Very nutritious. Well, since we're talking about Moroccan lentil soup and it's cooking here and smells wonderful, I, I guess I better taste it to see what it tastes like. But looking at it, the lentils look fine. The carrots really add some nice color to this, too. Mm -hmm. They do. And, of course, tomatoes help. Yes, they do. I use crushed tomatoes so that it's more subtle. Can I say it tastes like vegetable soup? You can say that. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get a hint of something a little spicy in there. Well, it would be the combination of spices that we have. There's nothing inherently hot no. in there. But, no, it's but spicy. Spices are warm. We would call them warm spices. Warm not meaning heat, but warm on your tongue. Yeah. The, the turmeric I'm interested about because you describe it as bittersweet. Turmeric is a, there's a, a slight bitterness to turmeric. I don't taste bitter. Well, I just taste good. The thing is, we don't want, we don't want any of those to uh, stand out. Mm -hmm. It has to be subtle and in the background. I like it. That's good. good. Yeah, very good. I will have to look up the nutritional qualities of it. I can do that and we'll post that online as well. Okay. Yeah, this is actually a healthy one because uh, there's no extra oil involved in it. I don't saute anything first. It all just goes into the soup pot. And this is a recipe for, what, six to eight people? Yeah. Moroccan lentil soup. Very tasty. Thank you. Moroccan lentil soup. Andy McDonald, Sacramento County Master Gardener, chef extraordinaire. Do you want to be called anything else? That'll do. Okay. <laughs> Thanks so much. You're welcome, Fred.